But yeah, I, dude, I'm so glad you guys are here tonight. Man, like, thank you, Tommy, for that introduction. Thank you. Man, I'm excited. Y'all, like, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us tonight. And I'm expectant of him, and that is honestly super exciting. And y'all, I got some good news. I'm super pumped to tell you guys about this. Yesterday morning, Lindsay and I went to the audiologist, the ear doctor, and I got my hearing aids, y'all. I can hear. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I'm really grateful to the friends and family who helped me get them. But, man, like, I can hear. I can manage uh, a condition I have called tinnitus. I have uh, ringing in my ear, and it's constant. And the hearing aids help me, like, manage it. So I'm super excited to have these things. I'm currently wearing them. They're amazing. I can hear. Man. And as you guys know, we're in our Joseph series. And man, it's been incredible getting to hang out with Joseph, to learn about his life, and to see how Jesus is revealed in his story. And man, I hope you guys have been enjoying it. So we're going to look at Joseph and his brothers. We're going to look at something called the hurt cycle, and we're going to look at forgiveness. But before I go any further, I want to pray. Father, send your spirit and help. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I thought 20 mm, years ago I was born deaf, but in fact I was not. The reason I have hearing aids today is because of a mistake someone made when I was born. This past summer, I found out it was malpractice and it wasn't me naturally born deaf. My mom, when she heard about my tinnitus, she was like, oh, well, actually it was because the doctor made a bobo. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was shocked and I was hurt because I realized, I remembered all the bullying, the being, being made fun of for my lack of hearing, the bulky hearing aids I had to wear as a kid, my speech impediment, and more, like, like y'all. All that could have been avoided had the doctor not done what he did. But the same could be said about Joseph's life. His life was ruined by his brothers because of their envy. And... That wouldn't have happened had they not done what they did. Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. He had the fancy coat. He got to hang out with his dad all the time. He had it all. But to top it off, God gives him dreams. He shares them. And the brothers, the Bible tells us, hated him all the more because of his dreams and what he said. So Joseph gets beaten, stripped, tossed in a well, pulled back up, put in chains, sold into slavery, gets bought as a slave in Egypt, only to get falsely accused years later of rape. There's no trial. There's no nothing. He just gets tossed in prison, put in more chains, and then forgotten. Talk about a ruined life. It makes my hearing issue seem small. When I got to Chi Alpha and college, um, <laughs> it wasn't the other way around. You go to Chi Alpha first, and then you go to college. Um, I heard a sermon about forgiveness. And in it, he talked about this thing called the hurt cycle. And this is what it is. Um, it's a cycle that people go through when they choose to hold on to their hurt and become bitter. And it always starts with the hurt. 
And the Bible tells us in the first verse of Luke 17, offenses will certainly come. I mean, we, we know that. We've been hurt. We've been offended. We've been misunderstood. We've been betrayed, etc. Like, it's a part of life. From there, though, it goes into bitterness, and then to rebellion, and then to deception. And then, finally, the cycle repeats itself, and the person will hurt another person. To put it plainly, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. So what does each part of the cycle look like? Typically, this is the pattern of hurt. Let's look at this story. A little boy whose dad promises time and again, we're going to go fishing on your birthday. The boy is counting down the days. And when it finally comes, the dad actually has to go on a business trip. And so he gets the secretary to buy a pole instead. And the day of, the boy wakes up. He's ready to go fishing. And the dad's getting ready. But he's in business clothes. Not in his fishing outfit. The kid's terribly hurt. Because his dad ditched him for work. I mean, he let his boy down. He let his boy down. That's an example of hurt. And like, we say grief is proportional to intimacy. We, so like, those who are close to you can hurt you the worse. If some stranger on the street were to yell at me for whatever, like, it, you know, whatever, it won't hurt at all. But if Christopher, my closest friend, goes behind my back and starts saying some messed up things about me, that would hurt a lot. What are some of y'all's hurts? And so bitterness, man, it's like a scab. You just keep picking at it and picking at it and picking at it and not letting it heal. And the Bible tells us that bitterness is to, like the root of bitterness will defile many people. When you're bitter, you begin to lose respect, affection and love for people. You're actually super ungrateful. You hold grudges. You have a stubborn or sulking attitude. You could care less about others. And you actually begin to pull away. It's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. And so rebellion, when you move on to rebellion, this is when you put that invisible wall up for me, it was closing myself off from the bullies and the people who made fun of me and people in general. Another way I rebelled when my dad wanted to spend time with me, or like when he wanted me to do something, I would say no. I would close my door, and then I would play video games like every other high school kid. <laughs> um, but those were my walls. What are y'all's walls? And then it's here that we also start rejecting authority in our lives. Why? Because we're rebels and we want to rule our own lives. No one, master, but me. Typically, this is when rebels start looking for other rebels. They're like, oh, man, we have the same pain. So let's hang out. I did this. I found the outcast because I was an outcast. And then you move on to deception, and this is when things get messy. Because this is when we start to rationalize our own selfishness. You become what you hate. 
And this is actually where we cut out the voice of God in our lives. And we start to feel guilty about the things we're doing. And then we use others as an excuse. Well, it wasn't me. It was so-and-so who did it. I would never do that. And that is a lie that I have told a lot. And now what happens next is you hurt someone else. Y'all, read Genesis chapter 37 tonight, and you will see that Joseph's brothers actually go through this hurt cycle. But how have you gone through the hurt cycle? Where are you in the hurt cycle? But how, how do we end it? How do we break the hurt cycle? There's only one way, only one way to break the cycle, and that is to forgive. Forgiveness is the only way to break the cycle. My friend, Winky Prattney, man, he says this. One of the most important keys to being able to forgive others and completely let go of bitterness is to understand that God knows what it's like to be deeply, deeply hurt. And yet, he has never responded in bitterness or resentment. Have you ever thought about how much he has been hurt? Remember that bitterness, sorry, remember that the better you know a person and the closer you are to them, the more you can hurt them if they betray a trust or let you down in some way deliberately or unconsciously. Now think of this. Who is a... Who is closer to your innermost thoughts and knows you more deeply than God himself? When you hurt him, you have the power to hurt him more deeply than you could possibly hurt anyone else in the universe. God really knows what it's like to be hurt. He hurts when we hurt him, and he hurts when we ourselves are hurt. He goes through every hurt a person goes through. He goes through it. You may say, where was God when this happened? I will tell you where he was. He was hurting more than you were. Y'all, Jesus is the most heartbroken person ever. And that is one of the most heartbreaking things to think about. How much have I hurt God by my sinful actions and my thoughts? When Mrs. Potiphar tempted Joseph, can we take the same firm stand like he did and, and shout out, how can I sin against God? People don't want to break their boyfriend or their girlfriend's hearts. People don't want to hurt their mamas. We don't want to offend our friends. But can we strive to not break our dearest friend's heart? What does it mean to forgive? It means to give mercy, this undeserved favor, to look over the offense. But Winky Prattney, again, he says it way better than I could. He says, to forgive someone doesn't mean pretending you're not hurt. That isn't Christianity. That's insanity. Forgiving doesn't mean pretending you're not hurt but allowing God to deal with the hurt in our lives. Man, that's awesome.
this isn't some like frozen, let's sing, let it go kind of stuff. We get to process our hurts with them over the small stuff and the big stuff. And we must forgive. In Matthew 18, verse 22, Peter asked a question of like, what about forgiving others? And Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. We must forgive and keep forgiving. Yet knowing this truth, that he is the most heartbroken person ever, this is one of the most comforting things of this world. Why? Because he was there. He was there, hurting with us. Man, like, when I was bullied, when I was made fun of for my hearing and my speech, when my brother hurt me, when my family hurt me, I could go to him. I can go to him for comfort in my pain. We and you can go to him for comfort in our pain. Like a close friend or a good parent, we can go to them for comfort in our pain. So let's process our hurts and lean into the presence of God and go and work it out with him. We must choose to be better and not bitter. Typically, if I have a hurt that I need to work through, I'm typically like walking around the room like, all right, God, you know, like, let's do this. Or like I go and take a walk. Or one of my favorite things to do is I like to go to the wreck and get a good workout in. For some reason, pumping iron and talking to the Lord just does it for me. But how do you guys handle hurt? What are ways you and God can, can work through the hurts that you have in your lives? But I discovered something when I would do this. My capacity to love grew. Forgive me. We're getting practical here. Forgive me for this reference. But like the Grinch, our hearts can grow three times their size. <laughs> I, was, I was able to love more by doing this. And I learned that forgiveness is the character of love. Forgiveness is the character of love. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And I think Joseph's story shows us that love covers a multitude of sins. Forgiveness is a character of love. Joseph loved his brothers and didn't let bitterness have a right in his life. Man, he was, like, in essence, the vice president of Egypt. He had all the power in the world. He was running the most powerful country of the time. No one could challenge his rules. No one. If he said, I want to do this, he could do it, and no one could challenge it. He was 17 when he was enslaved. At this point, he's now 40 years old, y'all, He's 20, it's been 23 years. That's Jimmy's age, right? You're 23? Yeah. Sorry to call you out, man. Forgive me. <laughs> but 23 years have passed. Can you imagine 23 years not seeing your family? But 23 years have passed, and into the scene walks the 10 men who ruined his life. 
his brothers. This is Genesis chapter 45. And right before that, we see this like interesting interaction between Joseph and his brothers. And really what's happening is Joseph is testing his brothers and reminding them of the past and to see if they were repentant, to see if they were like sad about what they did. And when he found out that they were, he couldn't hold back who he was. He couldn't hold back his his identity from them. Because to them, he was this ruler who was an Egyptian. Like, they, they didn't recognize it was their brother. But when they were remorseful, all Joseph wanted to do, as my dear friend Alexander McLaren says, he can no longer dam back the flood of forgiving love. He could finally, he could finally express his deep love and longing, and look them in the face and say, you're forgiven. So he cries out, I am Joseph. And dude, they were terrified. They freaked out. Uh, and like McLaren, my, my, dear, my dear friend McLaren, goes on about the scene. When he revealed himself, it was silence. They found their brother a ruler. They have found the ruler their brother, their former crime, had turned what might have been a joy <laughs> into terror. <laughs> Already they come to know and regret it. It might seem to their startled consciences as if now they were about to pay for it. They would remember the severity of Joseph's past intercourse. They see his power and cannot but be doubtful of his intentions. Y'all, talk about one, a plot twist. Two, they're screwed. They're 100% screwed. Like, they're at his mercy. <laughs> and what will their brother, the ruler of Egypt, do in light of what they did to him? But real quick, we are like the brothers. But we are standing before the ruler of the universe. We see his power. And what will he do to us in light of what we did to him? So the story goes on in verse 4 of chapter 45. Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be worried or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. There will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, ruler over all the land of Egypt. Joseph goes on to tell them, I will care for you. Again, my boy Alexander McLaren says, he must have been living near the fountain of all mercy to offer such a cup because he caught a gleam of the divine pardon. He becomes a mirror of it. Forgiving them didn't change the past, 
are the current situation. But Joseph, with all of his power, he could have gotten his justice. And he could punish them and no one would question him. But instead, he transferred that right. And he ran to God for comfort in his hurt and pain. And also sees he has been forgiven much. Therefore, he was able to mirror that to his brothers. Joseph chose not to let bitterness have a right in his life, but to let forgiveness take priority. He learned that forgiveness is the character of love. For he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who loves much forgives much. Joseph, sorry, Jesus teaches that in Luke chapter 7. He's talking to a religious leader named Simon. And Jesus said to him, I have something to say to you, Simon. And Simon said, teacher, say it. There were two men who owed a certain man some money. The one man owed 500 pieces of silver money. The other man owed 50 pieces of silver money. Neither one of them had any money. So he told them, they don't have to pay him back. Tell me, which one would love him most? Simon's probably like, "Mm, oh, uh, I think it would be the one who owed the most. (laughs) And Jesus like, you have said the right thing. He turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you gave me no water to wash my feet. She washed my feet with her tears and dried them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has kissed my feet from the time I came in. You did not put even oil on my head, but this woman has put special perfume on my feet. I tell you, her many sins are forgiven because she loves much. But the one who has been forgiven little loves little. Then he said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Those who were eating with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? He said to the woman, your faith has saved you from the punishment of sin. Go in peace. He that is forgiven much loves much, and he who loves much forgives much. Because God forgave me of my sins, the hurts that I did to him, our relationship was restored. It was fixed. Man, that's crazy. Think about it. Jesus, who we have hurt deeply, forgives us. And what's crazier is Jesus takes the first step towards us to fix that so that we don't have to face the punishment of our sins, which is us going to hell. When we receive the forgiveness of our sins, what Jesus asks us to do is to simply mirror it to others. So looking at the hurt cycle, who do you need to forgive? Where in the hurt cycle are you? You can stop it by forgiving. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, 
just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. In Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And lastly, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this in verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Y'all, we need to get rid of our bitterness and live by the fountain of mercy, as McLaren called it. And we need to spend time with God and receive forgiveness from Jesus. But we must also mirror it to each other and to others. Some of us, though, need help in that process, like me. I have abuse in my background, but I had my friends to help me to be able to forgive. And that's why the Bible says, bear with one another. We're here for each other. Your small group, your guys and your girls, they're here for you to help you overcome your hurts and your bitterness. They, with Jesus, will help you to be able to forgive in time. Jesus gave y'all each other so that y'all can help each other stay close to Jesus, live life together, and so that you guys can forgive each other and others as y'all go together. Like Joseph, let's learn the character of love by forgiving. I forgave the doctor when I found out the news about uh, that I wasn't born deaf. I forgave the bullies. I forgave the people who made fun of me. I forgave my family for the hurts that they did, and I sought forgiveness for the hurts I did to them. And like Joseph, I wasn't going to let bitterness have a right in my life. Will you decide the same? Will you break the cycle? Let us go to Jesus and see just how much we have hurt him. And apologize. And see just how much he has forgiven us. And let us become mirrors and reflect that to each other, to our family, to our roommates, and even strangers. Let us take on a mindset of forgiveness. And like Joseph the ruler, we find this more true with Jesus. He is the ruler who can become your brother. He can be your brother who is the ruler of all the universe. Man, that's awesome. Do you want Jesus to be your ruler and your brother? Your brother who is the ruler of all the universe who promises to care for you. My, my new friend that I found recently, F.B. Meyer, he says this. The Lord Jesus, who lights every man coming into the world, was in Joseph's heart. And his behavior was foreshadowing 
of incarnate love. Reader, he awaits to forgive you this way. Though you have maligned, refused, and crucified him afresh, and put him to an open shame, yet for all that, he awaits to forgive you so entirely that not one of these things shall, shall be ever mentioned against you again. The band can come back up. I want us to re respond to what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us and drawing out of us as y'all been listening and the band's going to play some like soft music for a few minutes. But I want y'all to do four things during this time of response. And they'll be on the screen. First is to write a list of all the people who have hurt you. And write a short thing of what they did. For example, my dad, he was distant. He divorced my mom. He committed suicide. Second, Make another list of what you did to hurt them. Now, thirdly, take a good look at how you have hurt the Lord. Ask God to show you how you've hurt him. The blood of Christ cleanses our sins. And once you finish your list, we still have the main job to do. The fourth thing, apologize and ask for forgiveness. Go over the list and let the Lord speak. Go one by one and ask for forgiveness. Then start forgiving others. There might be friends in the room you need to forgive or ask forgiveness from. Go to each other and be those mirrors of forgiveness and Jesus to one another. You might need to call some people. Do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And when you finish, rip up the list. If it's on your phone, delete it. Love keeps no record of wrong. The Bible says, For if you forgive men of their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your sins. It's a choice you must make in response to God's offer of forgiveness to you. So what will you do? If you want prayer or you want to give your life to Jesus and follow him, receive that forgiveness, you can pray with your small group leader. You can pray with each other. I will be up here and some resource leaders and staff will too if you want to come up for prayer. But take your time and listen to the Holy Spirit.